We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Amen. So I'm going to jump right in this morning, if that's okay with you. I know there's usually like the niceties and the welcome. But since James already preached through offering, I feel, it's confident, I feel confident in going ahead and going right on into the word. Is that okay with you guys? Amen. Okay, so don't do that. Don't, be, don't give me the slow. Don't respond slow. <laughs> the thinking like, did she say that because now I'm supposed to say it? Don't, don't worry about the rhythm. Let's just be comfortable. Is that okay? Okay. So I was, um, for New Year's Eve, for those of you, uh, I guess we didn't get to do New Year's Eve. Not New Year's Eve. The first Sunday of the year. That's what I did. That's when it happened. The first Sunday of the year, we did this video on the screen and the girls dance and it was absolutely awesome. If you missed it, you truly, truly missed it because it was so hot. Anyway, there was a video that was up and while I was editing the video, um, you know, editing software, it lays everything on a track. You know, everything has its, its line. And so there's like a, a track for the um, visual, there's a track for the audio, everything's on the track. So I'm bringing down the background sound in one and I'm raising up the vocals in another and I'm noticing as I'm, as I'm pulling down the background sound and raising up the vocals for the other one, I can't hear it. Now, editing is a tedious process. Yeah, yeah, okay, so y'all know, because it was like I was a hair away from like complete flip out. So I'm bringing down the background again, I'm raising it up, still can't hear it. Now I can see the little sound wavy things that's showing me that it's sound there, but I can't hear it. So. I get frustrated, turn the computer off. Maybe it needs to reboot, because that's how you fix things, right? You turn it off. I'm like, so I turn it off, turn it back on, and I'm at it again. Still trying to bring it down. I could not bring that background low enough for me to be able to hear the vocals, and I could not understand what was going on. The level of frustration, I can't even put into words that I have for this right now, because I wanted it to be done. I even went and redid the whole thing, laid the vocals in all over again, and still wasn't, still wasn't coming together. Finally, after hours of frustration, I noticed real small in the bottom of the line that had the vocals on it was a mute. And that whole time, while I was frustrating myself, trying to bring that background down low enough, the vocals were muted. I could see that it was playing, but I couldn't hear it. That's a lot of the situation that we face right here today. It's like, God, I'm sitting in this series and I'm learning to adjust the volume. I'm learning to silence the background. I'm learning to maneuver all of this sound. But I can't hear you. Somehow... Along the way, you've become muted to me. We don't want to go through a series and make sure that we're able to be powerful in adjusting the sound. If we can't hear God, we still end up with nothing. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the scripture, and we're going to go to Jeremiah 6 and 10. Jeremiah 6 and 10. And see, I got my paper Bible today. I brought the one from home. Usually you leave the one with all the post-its and the stickers and stuff at home because it's just like, it looks a little messy. But I brought my paper Bible today, so we're going into the Word. Jeremiah 6 and 10. It's NIV, and it says, to whom, can I, to whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed, so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. I'll read that again. 
To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. Now, when I read that, I was like, whoa, whoa. Nobody wants to be in that category, right? Like, whoa. And notice that it didn't say they didn't want to hear. It said they cannot hear. It said their ears are closed. They cannot hear. So I wanted a deeper understanding. So what did I do? I went to the Bible Bible, to the King James Version. And the King James Version, it says, for their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot hearken, meaning they cannot hear. For their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot hearken. They cannot hear. Got that? Can you say that? Their ears are uncircumcised. Can you say that with me? Their, their ears are uncircumcised. Okay, so do me a favor. Hold on to that. Put it in fact, we're going to come back and get that. But for now, let's go over to Genesis. Now, you don't have to go there, but make sure that you write the text down. It's Genesis chapter 17. We'll start at like verse 11. Because in, in Genesis chapter 17, it says, And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Now do me a favor and stay with me. Circumcision, for those who don't, I'm just going to assume that you guys know, very delicately touch, is a surgery that males get in their area, um, when the, preferably when they're babies, because it's such a painful surgery, you don't want them to remember it. Um, and what it is, is it is a cutting away of excess skin. Get it? Painful, scary, yes, but it's a cutting away of excess skin. And in that day, in the Old Testament, it was a sign that you were in covenant with God. That cutting away process was a sign that you were in a covenant with God. Well, in the New Testament, they don't really reference or they don't really focus on the circumcision of the flesh. They focus on the circumcision of the heart. Now, I don't mean like the organ, the heart. I mean like it's the cutting away of the damaged, the cutting away of the callous, the cutting away of your will, the cutting away of yourself, the cutting away of a flesh, leaving a heart that is tender and receptive and open to wholly loving God. That's what the New Testament focuses on. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful that God took my heart through the circumcision process, that he was able to cut away all of the damage that was left from the dumb things I did from the ways that I learned to do things wrong, from the things that I saw wrong, from the understanding that I grasped. I'm glad that he cut away all the callous parts of my heart that over time just became numb to the things of him. And it's that cutting away that makes it evident that I'm in covenant with God. It's the, the cutting away that he did. It's the process, and most of the time painful, if we're honest, it was that process that he took me through that when I stand before people, they should be able to see a clean whole heart that is in covenant with God. Got it? Say covenant. covenant. Now, covenant is bigger than just an understanding. It's a bonded agreement. Deeper than a promise, a, a, a bonded connection will be covenant. Got me? So on... January, I can't help but smile when I say, January 10th, 1998, I met my husband, then my boyfriend. And um, over time, we talked and we talked, and I enjoyed his conversation, and he enjoyed my conversation. So much so that we would stay on the phone all night until it was time for me to go to school in the morning. Like, every night he was a part of my routine. And 
We talked on the phone. We started to enjoy each other's company. We started to factor each other into each other's day. Like, we was not going to let 24 hours go by without us seeing each other. He was away at UCF. So I had to, like, find a way all the way over there. I had to find a way all the way to see me. We extended ourselves to make sure that we are part of each other's day. And I started to learn things that he liked. And he started to learn things that I like. And he started to be around so much, he started to become a part of my family. And then I even went and visited his family in New York. And it just started to feel very familial. And we started to make plans that included each other. We started to make future plans that included each other, like, where do I want to be in the next five years? I, I picture him in my story, and he pictured me in his, and we were in a relationship. And then on March 6, 2000, at our wedding, we went into covenant. We went from relationship to covenant. We went to a bonded agreement before God, basically sowing our lives together in covenant. Say Covenant. So you got the understanding of circumcision, you got the understanding of covenant. Now let's go ahead and grab that all up and let's go back and get our scripture, okay? It says, the, old, the NIV, I'm sorry, the King James Version, their, ears, their ear is uncircumcised, they cannot hear. Their ear is uncircumcised, they cannot hear. What does it mean to have an uncircumcised ear? It is an ear that has not been brought into covenant. An ear that has not been brought into covenant. What am I saying? When I went into covenant with my husband, I went into covenant with all of me. I brought all of me under that promise. I brought my future plans under that promise. An uncircumcised ear is an ear that has not been brought under that understanding, has not been brought into that covenant. What does it look like? Yes, God, I am willing to be commit to my time. I'll commit my time. And God, I will commit my finances. And God, I will commit parts of my heart. But I don't really know yet if I'm willing to commit to hearing you. Because if I commit to hearing you, then I'm also obligated to be obedient to what it is that you say. An unyielded ear cannot hear. It doesn't matter how much you change the background sound. It does not matter how much you tame your mind. If you do not make the decision to bring your ear into covenant with God, we will stay in a position and comfortably in a position where we'll say, Lord, I would rather just be moved by the emotion of your presence than to be obligated to be led by the sound of your voice. And I know that it's um, in, a, in a church setting. In a church setting, we, um, there are expectations of us. There's a, a call and response answer. We say things like, any way you want to move, God. Or God, speak, I'm here, I hear you. I'm, I believe we even say, send me, God, I'll go. But we don't want to have the ear to honestly hear the instruction. Because God, if you, say, if you speak to things that I don't want you to touch yet, but I have already yielded my ear, my ear I'm obligated to listen to what it is that you have to say. Scripture gives a good example um, in Exodus chapter 20. Um, the people tell Moses, um, 
Moses, uh, yes, let the Lord know that we want to do whatever it is you say. So Moses goes to the, the mountain. He gets the Ten Commandments. He comes back down from the mountain, and he gives the people the Ten Commandments. And they say to him, we will listen to you. You speak, and we will listen, but don't let God speak to us. His wrath is too great. And it sounds like something extreme, but that's very often what we say. Because I will speak, I'll hear you from the man of God, but I don't necessarily, I'm not ready to hear from God. Because hearing from the man of God still makes it optional. Hearing from the man of God still makes it a suggestion. It's a good idea to live that way. Those are life's best practices. But I don't want to get to a position where I hear directly from you, God, because when I hear it from you, I'm accountable to being obedient. And it's not a safe place to be disobedient to the command of God. Now, it's because we're in relationships sometimes it creates that gray area. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is bad. In church, we like to make a fine line between bad and good so that we find a safe place to put ourselves. Like, you know, I'm not clubbing, drinking, party, smoking, fighting, so I'm okay, so that doesn't apply to me because I'm, it's either that or holy. No. There is nothing wrong with being in a relationship with God. Going into covenant is an intentional thing. And because some of us are sitting in this space of relationship, we don't recognize yet that I haven't put myself in the posture to hear you. What does that look like? I use the example of Samuel. I love Samuel, by the way. Anybody who wants to start reading scripture, start with Samuel. It reads like a book. It's really, really, it's a really great story. But Samuel, Samuel, and I'm, I'm, a paraphr- I'm paraphrasing. You dig, make sure you go into scripture and study it. But Samuel was raised in the church. No, like literally the building. Like he was raised in the church under the priest Eli. And Samuel was sitting and laying in the temple one night and he was in the inner part of the temple, like where the Ark of the Covenant was. Now the Ark of the Covenant is like this box-shaped um, statuous thing and it represented the presence of God. And he was laying in there and he was sleeping in there. And while he was asleep, he heard someone call his name. So he gets up, he runs out to Eli. Eli, you call me? He's like, no, I didn't call you. Okay, so he goes back and he lays down again. He hears it again, Samuel. Samuel gets up, he runs to Eli. Eli, you called me? He's like, no, I I didn't call you. Go go ahead and go back and lay down. So he goes back and he lays down again. And he hears the call his name again, Samuel. Samuel, he gets up and is like, Eli, are, are you calling me? Did you call me? And Eli, the priest, realizes that this is God calling him. So he tells him, Go back and lay down, and when you hear them call you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He sends him back into the presence of God. So here's the the got you for me, is that Samuel was in the presence of God at the time that God was calling his name, but he had not recognized his voice. Scripture said he did not yet know the Lord. How is it that you can be in church all your life? all the time, committed to service, working in ministry, and not know the Lord. It sounds like "Mm -mm, he must have been doing something wrong. No. He just hadn't gotten to the place where he had brought his ear into covenant with God. I'm letting you know that so that you don't feel like this church guilt, this spiritual immaturity for not being in a place where I did not know yet to bring my ear into covenant with God. But I want you to know that it's necessary. Because there's certain things that we need God to speak to that he can only speak to through through covenant. 
And I'm so glad that we're having this prayer workshop. I'm so grateful for that because we learn about prayer a lot of the asking portion. We learn how to ask. We learn how to ask. We learn how to ask. And then there are certain things that we need God to speak to, that we need to be in a position of covenant to be able to hear. But because we have not lined ourselves up with that covenant, we're frustrated at his silence. But we're not in the position to hear. I thank God for the truth. I thank God for Truth Movement Church that not only gives us the truth, but teaches us then how to apply the truth of God. Because what will happen is we will go through this whole series and we will learn how to navigate all of the layered tracks of all of the roles and expectations of our life. We will go and learn how to turn down the blaring sound of our emotions, how to control the thumping rhythm of our thoughts. And completely miss the fact that we have God on mute. We can't afford in this season, we can't afford in this phase, we can't afford in our lives to not be able to hear God. The enemy uses that frustration to make us have issue in our prayer life. He uses that, I'm, I'm trying and I'm pleading and I'm drawing on God and I need to hear. And he's silent to make you decide that prayer doesn't work. But we're asking for answers that we haven't positioned ourselves to receive. Not a safe place. Not a desired place. So this is what we're needing to do. And I promise you, I promise I won't be before you long. We have to sit in front of God first. Because giving an issue without giving a solution is not helpful. But we're going to have to sit before God. One and say, God, I need for you to forgive me because honestly covenant is based in trust and if we're honest real people honest I don't know yet God if I have trusted you to speak to all the areas of my life not because I don't believe that you're going to be God but because it is that you are God and I don't know yet if I'm ready for you to speak to everything I don't know yet if I've gotten to the place where I trust your intention towards me. That don't sound right, but it's the truth. I don't know yet. Anybody have ever done this like, no, I didn't pray about it yet because I don't know what I want to do yet. <laughs> like prayer is the last resort. Or say things like, well, all I can do is pray. That's because you tried everything of your own first and prayer was your last resort. Because I didn't trust you enough, God, to get involved. I didn't trust you enough to hear your voice on this. I didn't trust you enough to get your feedback on this. So God, forgive us for not knowing to trust you to bring this to you. And now, God, that we're in this position, now, God, I need for you to train my ear to hear your voice and teach me how to respond to what you say. Because I never want to be the child, even though sometimes I, I am. My parents are there as witnesses. Is I want God to be able to give me instruction and I act on his first word. I want him to speak and trust me to move. I don't want to have to ask God 500 questions before I'm obedient. I don't want to have to think through the process from beginning to end before I decide if I'm going to listen. God, I want you to be able to trust me with your voice and trust me with your instruction, knowing that I'm going to act on your first word. Because what if it is that God is saying, you don't trust me enough to listen, so I don't trust you enough to speak. I don't want to be in that position with God. 
I want God to trust me with the intimate things of his heart. I want God to be able to trust me with the people who need him most and he'd be able to share things with my heart because he knows that I'm a safe place for him. So we ask God with a repenting heart, God, forgive us for not being able to hear. God, put us in the position to be able to hear. And not only that, God, I want God for you to circumcise my ears so that I can hear you, but also circumcise my heart so that I'll be willing to do what it is that you say. Because they are different in obedience and willing obedience. Uh-oh. I'll say that again. There's a difference between obedience and willing obedience. Now, I can tell um, Kennedy, she's the only one left in the house now. I can tell Kennedy, Kennedy, go clean your room. And Kennedy get up and she go clean her room, willing obedience. If I told Kennedy, and you know I say if because this would not ever happen. This is totally just in wish phase, in example phase. If I told Kennedy, go clean your room, and I <laughs> As she stomp up the stairs to go do it, that almost took this lesson to a whole different place. But that is not willing obedience. Even though she did what I said, she did it unwillingly. Let's ask God for a heart with willing obedience. Because when you don't have a circumcised heart, then you always have flesh that is trying to rise up to get in between you and God. And the same thing with an uncircumcised ear. God, I want to be able to hear you, and I want to be able to willingly, wholeheartedly, openly do what it is that you're calling me to do. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? I said in um, preparation for this message, because I truly believe that if you're going to speak to God's people, you need to sit before God and absorb what it is that he's saying. And in scripture, the priest spoke on the behalf of God. The priest would hear from God and speak to the people because the people weren't in the position to hear from God. Well, when Jesus went to the cross and died for us, the veil torn, giving us permission to come into the presence of God and hear from God. It was the price he paid to give us the permission and put us in the position to be able to have our ear to the cross. God is raising up a royal priesthood. Now all of us will be able to hear his voice. And I make sure I say that because I came up in a day where people thought you had to earn God. Where God only deals with a certain type of people. That if you didn't have the church uniform, that clearly God couldn't be speaking to you. That if you didn't walk out this set of, of things and look this certain way and have this certain way, that God couldn't speak to you. That you were almost useless to the kingdom of God. And it is so opposite from the heart of God. And God wants to speak to you. God wants to share his heart with you. God wants to be in covenant with you. Yes, he's enjoying this relationship dating phase. He's enjoying the fact that you come and see him every weekend. He's enjoying the fact that you enjoy being a part of his family. He's enjoying all of that. He's enjoying that you think about him when you're not here. He's enjoying that you go back and you read the love notes between his heart and yours. 
But there's a covenant that we have to be intentional about deciding to go into. It's different when you don't know. Like, you ever, um, let's say be in, let's say know someone who's been in, um, a relationship that's under misunderstanding. Like, I thought I was more connected to you than you are to me. Like, I was more honoring this agreement than, than, than you were. That misunderstanding. Well, let's just go ahead and brush all that off the table and come to an even playing floor. God, I want covenant. I want the, the relationship that is a binding agreement. I want to move beyond the understanding and go into complete agreement. Bringing my life, all of me into it. I don't want to do half in, half out with you. But God, I know that that's going to take a certain level of strength. Because being obedient to what you say and hearing what you say is not always easy. But I trust you enough to carry me through the hard parts. I trust you enough, God, to know that even when you tell me the things that are hard for me to execute, you are holding me while I do them. The first instruction that God gave Samuel while he, once he called his name, after he called him, he called him and he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He gave him a very challenging, to me, thing to do. He had to then go to the priest and basically check, check him. That's a very intimidating assignment that he gave to, to Samuel. But sometimes when God speaks, he puts you into positions that are difficult for you to receive in your own strength. But he will strengthen you to walk out. But you have to trust him and have to understand that his voice, his heart, his intentions towards you are always for your good. Amen? Amen? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for trusting us with your word. God, we thank you for this moment at your feet, Lord God. God, I ask now, God, that you would search our hearts. God, and the things in there that are trying to whisper over your voice, trying to yell over your voice, God, that are even intimidating us in this moment of decision, Lord God, that you silence those things now in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that we can trust you. Father, we know that we want to line our lives up with your will. Father, we know that we want to be who it is that we, you called us to be. And God, in order for us to walk in the role that you designed for us, in order for us, God, to be who it is that you called us to be, God, we're going to need to hear your voice for the instruction. Our own will and our own decision is not enough to make us effective in who it is that you called us to be. We need to be able to clearly hear your voice. So, Father God, I ask in this moment, Lord God, grab our hand and guide us into covenant with you. Father, as we stand before you, Lord God, bringing our lives, our hearts, our minds, our health, our finances, our will, Lord God, our emotion under covenant with you, oh God. God, we ask that you would trust us with your voice. Trust us with instruction. Lord God, as we're learning to navigate the sounds of our lives, Lord God, the sound of our heart, Lord God, Father, we want to make sure that we put you on track number one. Father, we want to make sure that your voice is louder than anything else, Lord God. Father, that we're able to follow the leading of your voice, not just the emotion of your presence. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for cutting away every broken thing, every hurting thing, every fleshly thing, God, that will try to rise up and make us unqualified for your presence. 
God, I thank you. God, I thank you for strengthening those under the sound of my voice because I understand, Lord God, that walking out this task is not easy, but I thank you for your strength that makes us able to do it. Father, we know that as these words, God, hit the atmosphere, they touch your heart, God. And we just have to sit back and wait for the manifestation of the things that we have prayed here this morning. Father God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I honor you. And I count these things as already being done in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a round of applause? So we're getting ready to dismiss, but I, I, I do want to say that just take the first step. Take the first step in saying, God, I want to hear you. And then don't be freaked out when he starts to lean into your heart. And I say that because it's a, um, I don't think you'll say a church thing, but it's a thing that it had to look a certain way. God wants to speak to you. He wants to have relationship with you. He's not waiting for you to get to a certain ripe old age of whatever before. It's not, it doesn't work like that. You don't have to build a resume with God. You just have to have a surrendered heart and a surrendered ear. Like, God, I want all of you. I want you to take me into, I want you to teach me how to line my life up. And when he says don't, don't. When he says do, do. Just when he speaks, have the strength enough to be obedient, even when it's not comfortable, even when it's not popular. And that's the part. Even when it goes against the grain, even when nobody else is doing it, even when you don't want to do it. Because the more that you trust his voice, the more that he trusts to speak. But when you start to not respond to his voice, his voice seems to get softer because other things are getting louder. You have to condition your ear to hear the voice of God. Ask him, God, please put me in a position where I can hear your voice again. Amen? And can we give God a round of applause? Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.